Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we'll be asking, are the Jesuits and Freemasons connected? Well, I'm sure that listeners to the podcast will be familiar with the founder of the Jesuits, Ignatius Loyola, but for those unaware, I will give a brief biography. As a young man, he became page to a relative of his, Juan Velasquez de Escuela, treasurer of Castile, a major intellectual centre during the Golden Age of Spain. Inspired by stories of the legendary knight El Cid and the Knights of Camelot, he went into military service at the age of 18. Soon after, he suffered a severe injury to his leg from a cannonball during the Battle of Pamplona in 1521, for which he underwent unanesthetized surgery. During his recovery time at his father's castle, he had a religious conversion after being supplied religious texts by his sister-in-law rather than the chivalric literature he was so fond of. He was most struck by the book De Vita Christi by Ludolf of Saxony, which would later influence the particular style of meditation found in his spiritual exercises. So what type of experiences do you think influenced Leloya to start the Jesuits? Good question. Um, reading the history books, uh, during his recuperation, he often daydreamed of winning the love of a certain noble lady along the lines of the romance and uh, chivalric literature that he was so fond of, the troubadour mm-hmm. literature and that sort of thing. But um, he began to find his fantasies kind of dissatisfying, spiritually that was, and instead finding deeper meaning in the literature he was reading, the spiritual books. And um, this was the start of his conversion as he self-terms, and this spiritual discernment, which would later be described in his spiritual exercises. Um, he would have a more profound experience at Manresa. Um, here, during a strict devotional regimen, Loyola would have a vision that he would consider the most important of his life, and the ideas that he would have during the 10 months that he spent there would become the basis of his spiritual exercises. I can't really do justice to the spiritual exercises in this seven-minute podcast, so I urge the listeners to conduct further research, but it's a very important part of Christian mysticism. So um, in 1523, he was sent home from a pilgrimage to the Holy Land by Franciscans. Upon his return to Europe, Ignatius would enter the University of Alcala to study theology and Latin from 1524 until 1534. And it was at whilst at university he encountered a number of women that had been brought in front of the Inquisition. These women were considered alumbrados, which is uh, translates as illuminated, that word again, and due to their zeal of the religious adherence and the ecstatic states they entered into. So early Spanish Jesuits would have encountered many heretical and ethnic minorities, such as the alumbrados, the Erasmians, Protestants, conversos, and Moriscos whilst in the Iberian world. Uh, the Society of Jesus would go on to produce several luminaries, most notably Athanasius Kircher, who was an absolute titan of his day intellectually. This is all very intriguing information, but what does this have to do with Freemasonry? And what are the charges that are made against Freemasonry with respect to the Jesuits? Um, yes, your summary is very interesting. But I'm not actually aware of any charges by the Jesuits. Um, They were known in Europe as the schoolmasters of Europe, as they were responsible for opening schools, for teaching not just Catholicism, but also the three R's. Uh, They also translated the Chinese philosophers from Chinese to Latin, making them accessible in Europe. 
uh, starting with Confucius in 1687. Uh, this was the beginning of a 100-year boom in things Chinese across Europe. And also, interestingly, it was only about 15 years from the founding of the Jesuits by, um, in 1540 that Javier made the first visit to China on behalf of the order. The papacy had been in contact with China for a long time, and uh, since the Mongol invasions of the 13th century in the Pax Mongolica of 1248, and also famously with the Mar uh, Marco Polo's expeditions. This was the start of a tremendous exchange of scientific knowledge and ideas with China. But of course, scientific ideas weren't the only things that were being exchanged. And if you'd like a little more light on the matter, pun fully intended, you can read one of <laughs> Brother Earnshaw's books. But um, it's hard to do justice to the Jesuits and uh, the Iberian Peninsula and Al-Andalus in one podcast. So I think we're going to split this one into two. And part B is coming up next. We uh, part on the square and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.